Hey everybody, this is Fran Frischella and welcome to this week's World of Basketball podcast. The podcast that shrinks the basketball globe for you and takes you to every corner of the planet. And we get a chance to talk to so many interesting people uh, in every walk of basketball life, the NBA, FIBA, college basketball, you name it, we've got it. And today we've got a unique guest. He is a rising star, uh, both as a broadcaster and uh, he's at the forefront of a sport called 3x3, three on three to those of us in the United States. FIBA calls it 3x3. And our special guest today is Kyle Montgomery, who is the voice of 3x3 and literally a voice you will hear around the basketball world. If you follow FIBA 3x3, you can YouTube uh, games uh, on FIBA 3x3 YouTube. You'll hear Kyle's voice. And he's going to teach us today about a sport that is now an Olympic sport that is growing in popularity around the world. Uh, and is growing in popularity even here in the United States. Uh, think back to last year, Tokyo, the women, United States of America, the women uh, made up of four WNBA players, um, won the gold medal. The United States men's team, unfortunately, did not qualify, had some unfortunate circumstances, but uh, it's a sport that really is catching on, and I'm excited to talk to Kyle Montgomery here shortly. Obviously, we're still following the early part of the NBA playoffs um, and the Milwaukee Bucks getting close to closing out the Chicago Bulls with the great Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, by the way, a great movie coming out. Uh, Disney Plus will have a great movie on Giannis that will be out in June. I got a small role in that. I'm excited about that. And uh, while we're on international players, Hustle will be out soon on Netflix. That's the new Adam Sandler movie that uh, he plays an NBA scout, a disgraced scout who tries to revive his career by discovering the next great player uh, in, in Europe. And uh, that young man, Bo Cruz is his name. That's his character is played by uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez of the Gomez brothers. So uh, just a little, little nugget, a couple nuggets there on uh, some stuff happening that uh, basketball related uh, in two movies that will be coming out in June. Uh, okay. Three X three FIBA basketball. You're going to get an education. It is a sport that is soon to catch on like uh, gangbusters here in the United States. It's already popular around the world. The voice of 3x3 worldwide, a Kansas City native. So he knows his barbecue and now a rising star in the broadcast world. Here's my conversation with Kyle Montgomery. Kyle, welcome to World of Basketball, first of all. Coach, it is a pleasure to be on. And I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm feeling the shirt. I like the shirt that you're rocking today. So thank you, man. Thank you. Got a little, little, little golf action here, a little golf shirt. And also, you like my Zoom background. I'm at the Palestra in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. I see it. I see. Yeah. So you're more technologically advanced than me. I should have put the background up, but no, no, it's all bad. good. Uh, you know, first of all, what I what I want to tell you is we get into 3x3 and, and teach people about this game that uh we have many listeners around the world, and so a lot of our European friends already know a lot about 3x3. But I have to commend you because anybody who knows me knows I have a love for the game of basketball, a joy. 
And your style is one of joy. And I want to just say that right off, off up front. Uh, you are the voice of 3X3. So uh, we're going to get into a few things here, but I want to, I want you to educate us. How would you describe in an elevator pitch what 3X3 basketball is to the casual American basketball fan? 3X3 basketball is half the court, but twice the fun. It is nonstop, um, energetic hoop. Players relying on their basketball instincts, 12-second shot clock, 10-minute games, first to 21. It's, it's totally conducive to kind of where our society is now. We're in this kind of era of immediacy. We like to see quick results. We like to see quick highlights. And that's exactly what you get with the 21-point sprint. Yeah, no, you just summed, you summarized it perfectly, perfectly. When you were growing up in Kansas City, did you play, like all of us, I grew up in Brooklyn and I grew up learning three-on-three three on the playground. Is, is that something that was part of your background? Yeah, I mean, we, if you didn't have enough for five-on-five, five, then you would play three-on-three. Three. Now, obviously, we didn't play by <clears throat> FIBA's rules. There was no shot clock. Uh, we did different things like kind of make it, take it. But, you know, it, it's ingrained in, in kind of inner city hoops. Uh, if, if you don't have enough to run that full court, then you line up three on three and you go. You got a lot more space. Uh, you know, when you're playing in the streets, ISO game is, is priority. <laughs> but, you know, to find success in, in professional 3X3, um, you find the strategies to be a little bit different than how you actually played in the streets. But, but it's a combination of both. It's kind of an offshoot of how we all grew up playing. It's just a little bit more advanced. It's a little more intense. Level sure. of place, level of place higher. I think. Did yeah. you um? What when you think of when you think of FIBA? Why do you think they brought three x three? You know, into this mix, FIBA seems to be very, very behind it. And we'll get into your background with FIBA and how you got started. But why do you think FIBA has seen this sport and said we're going to try to grow it? Well, they had an up-close view um, and, and seeing some of the countries who have embraced 3X3 for well over a decade now, they, they saw the type of crowds that three-on-three hoop would draw in, in Serbia, in, in Russia, in Romania, um, even in, in France in some of the earlier years. And, and they said, you know, we, we could be on to something. There's a market for this here. And maybe we have a lane here that's, that's unique uh, that kind of separates for what you would typically see in a five-on-five five game. And, you know, they, they could kind of took a shot in the dark and making it a professional league. Um, it became fully professional in 2013. I came into the fold in 2015, so I was just kind of where they were just kind of scratching the surface. We had no idea that uh, it was going to be an Olympic sport. That was going to – that was the goal. But it was to kind of refine this street ball game and give it, a, give it a professional feel, attract some professional players. And uh, I think FIBA saw that, and they said, we, we want to strike while the, while the iron's hot. We think that this game has some great potential. Um, and we've seen the growth. It's grown exponentially in just seven years now, and obviously making an Olympic debut just this past year. Exactly. And uh, the women, uh, the United States women, led by four WNBA players, won the gold. The men did not qualify, which we'll get into, because Robbie Hummel is, a, uh, as is EU, a good friend of mine, and he's yeah. kind of educated me on 3X3. Robbie Hummel, former Purdue star, NBA yeah. player, 
who's now who's still playing on the circuit with Princeton. We'll get into that also, yeah. how that all forms. But um, when I think of 3x3 in the States, I think of the Gus Macker tournament, which a lot of people remember from the from Michigan days, as yeah. Sports Illustrated, uh, did stories on them. Uh, hoop it up, hoop it do these yep. street ball tournaments, these, you know, I think of outside playgrounds. I think of boom boxes, music wiring. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, 3X3, it looks like from the FIBA point of view, it's also about having fun. Yeah. It's an embodiment. It's, it, yeah, it's an embodiment of, of kind of that street culture. Like, yeah. you're, not, you're not going to get the same type of atmosphere. We play outdoors. We play with a different ball. You're subject to the elements you got fans that are right up on you. They're talking stuff. We got a <laughs> DJ that's that's bumping all the latest songs uh, while the teams are playing. You got activities that are going on uh, around the venue. Um, yeah. I mean, it really takes you to. It gives you that kind of inner city feel. You know, I didn't, I didn't have the opportunity to grow up and play on some of the fame courts in in New York, but you know, Kansas City has its own basketball culture, and right. we would have that. There would be people outside barbecuing, and yeah. <laughs> friends and family talking stuff, uh, having a drink on the side of the court. So you, you, you get that as a part of the whole three X three experience. I think that's what helps make it, makes it unique. Right. No question. No question. Um, when I watch, when I watch it, you go on YouTube and you watch fever three X three, by the way, if you want to know about the game, go on YouTube, watch the highlights of the, of the tour, the, but also the Olympic games and national team games. There's a lot yeah. of good stuff up there. When you, um, what would you say the level of play is? And I heard you and Robbie recently talk about this on your podcast. Yeah. Um, but what would you say the level of play is if you were an average American basketball fan and was watching the maestro and dues on bullet, there was a feature yeah. in the New York times you were quoted in uh, before the Olympics and, uh, you know, Batman, the kid from Las Manas. Did I get that right? Yeah. yeah Carlos Las Manas. Yeah. Las Manas who's jumping out yeah. of the gym. He's like a, He's like yeah. a Tom Chambers. Go, go Google Tom Chambers. How hard, how hard, how high Las jumps. But what's the level of play as it's growing? You know, I've been really fortunate in, in my career to cover cover Division One uh, college basketball, working for the ACT Digital Network, working for the NBA for you know a total of eight years, and seeing the highest level athletes on the planet. Uh, in my opinion, and I think in, that's the majority opinion. Uh, playing in front of me. So, you know, keeping it in context, you know, I think the, the level of play that you see uh, from a skill skill set uh, point of view, like NBA is is tops of the tops. I mean, it doesn't get any better. The most skillful, uh, the most explosive players, the most dynamic players in the world, you're typically going to find them in the NBA. Uh, you're also going to find great players in in, in the EuroLeague and, and, and some um, division one teams, uh, over in Europe as well. Um, but when it comes to three X three, um, talent, I don't think that you see it on that level, but I think that also you have to master different skill sets to be a great player in, in three X three. This is why you can see a Dayan Maestorovich, uh, thrive and you, and you look at Dushan Bullet. you know, he's, um, He's a great player, super skillful, can can score the ball, can handle the ball, uh, really cerebral about the game. But if you if you put him, say, on an on an NBA court and I know that that he's playing in uh, the, the three on three league ice cubes league in, in the United States. Uh, but if you put him out there with with some of the top tier pros, 
he's going to be at a, at a disadvantage because, you know, he's, he's six, two, six, three. Um, typically, I mean, and that's not to say that players can't thrive at that size in the NBA. You look at somebody like Chris Paul, but I, I would Chris Paul is a unicorn. He's a top five point guard to ever play. You, you, you have got to be uh, kind of above and beyond at the next level from a skill standpoint to be able to thrive at, at the NBA level. But I think in three X three, you can see players like that thrive that are, aren't quite on that that skill level that you would see as the pros. But it's also a different sport. Like it, like there's that that quick reaction, the twelve second shot clock. Uh, you know, I noticed that these guys play great together. You know, yeah. Like the three, the the, the teamwork involved in a three x three game is, especially among the veteran teams, like do get to practice. It's 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 incredible, really, the way they think the game at a quick pace because of the quickness of the game. Yeah, like like we were talking uh, in in Connecticut, and uh, we spoke, and I was telling you that you know one of the the, the key components of being successful in three x three is playing with pace but avoiding playing with panic. So play with pace, but without panic. When you have a 12 second shot clock and you're trying to adjust from a five on five game, players tend to feel like they have to rush into a possession because that, that time is going by so, so quickly. But the more that you, you pick up on the nuances of the game of 3x3, the better feel you get for it, then you start to really embrace what's the proper pace to play at? How can, can we still get into a set with eight seconds left on uh, on a shot clock? But I would also say that 3x3 is really a game that's more based off of, of basketball instinct. Some of those inherent things that you kind of pick up when you play, whether five on five or three on three, uh, coming up, you know when to go set a screen. You know when you there's a gap for you to to slip to the bucket. You know if you don't get the, you don't receive that pass on on the cut, you need to get out, get out beyond that two-point arc. You need to pay attention to floor space. And these are things that that you pick up just in general and, and understanding how to play basketball. So 3x3 is so quick, it kind of forces you to operate on instinct as opposed to uh, set plays, which you see a lot more in, in 505 hoop. Which is why I always contend that growing up on a playground in Kansas City, in Belgrade, in Brooklyn, and you play three x three on we call it three on three, but it's three x three by fever, you know the fever term. That you really do learn how to play the game. Uh, the only difference I would say is three x three has that twelve second shot clock, which we didn't have on the playground. But you're still <laughs> yeah. you're still having to think the game, and you're still having to make quick decisions. And yeah. that's what I'm enjoying mo- most about watching because I'm watching a lot of three x three lately. And I, what I love about the game, coaches, is there's nowhere to hide. Like when you're defending. There's no double teams. Uh, you know, you are you are on an island. And if you aren't a good perimeter defender, you're going to be exposed. If you're not a good rebounder, if you're not a willing rebounder, you're going to be exposed. If you can't stretch the court and knock down an open two, you're going to be exposed. This is why in 3x3 versatility is, is so imperative to being a successful player. You've you got to be able to do uh, do it all and, and be willing to do it. Some guys you, you have on your team, they can put the round thing in the round thing. They can put the ball in the bucket. But if you ask them to stop somebody, some of them, <laughs> they, 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 they can't do it. You know, some of these, some of these guards that you have are, are really dynamic and they can, you know, really create and wreak havoc in the paint. But, you know, if you're playing against uh, a 6'5 uh, guard on the other side, he's going to be a liability uh, in the post. You, so you, you got to be able to post defend. You got to be able to perimeter defend. You got to be able to shoot. You got to be able to pass. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, everything yeah. to be successful in 3x3. One thing I notice is when when the offensive team has a mismatch, if it's got a big guy guarding a small guy and the big guy's on defense, as soon as the transition happens, that big guy, he stays in the paint because he's now got the little guy on him. Absolutely. Like, and Absolutely. so, you know, it's like he's up These guys are already thinking the mismatch on the other end while they're on defense. Yeah. You have to it's think like, about that. And even even step ahead, even little subtle things like if you if you're a defender and you get beat on a drive uh, and, and there's really no way for you to recover instead of trailing the, the offensive player. This is an opportunity for you to, to have some transition uh, game yourself. Let them trade the one point score and take the two sprint out beyond that two point arc. And, and whoever's rebounding has to be aware enough to get that pass out to where you can get a, a quick look for two, you know, twos beat ones any day of the week. And, you know, I find that to be, you know, a key to being successful in three X three as well. You, you have got to be able to make shots from beyond that two point arc. Are you putting yourself in a, in a bad position? Again, you're sprinting at 21 points. Yeah. So, yeah, I got it. This is cool. All right. I want to get, I want to ask about you because uh, I tried to dig up some dirt on you. <laughs> I know you're from Kansas city. If I'm not mistaken, Alabama state. Yes. Right. You went to Alabama state and, uh-huh. I, and I know I, among other things, you were with the Clippers for a number of years. Yeah. Tell me about your background, your broadcasting uh, background, how basketball played into this. And then we'll ultimately get to why Fever decided to pick you to become the voice. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Okay, so. well, let me first say this. I always <laughs> loved the game. I, my dad, when he put a ball in my hand when I was young, he always had me play with my older brother, who's two years uh, older than me. So, uh, you know, my dad was the coach of our teams early. You know, we kind of got that old school uh, training, you know, we had to sit on the wall. We had to do the six inches. We couldn't touch a ball in practice until we had ran and got down and done our defensive shuffles around the court. And, uh, you know, that was kind of the culture that I came in because came up in because, you know, in Kansas city, uh, we, we haven't had a lot of pros, but we, we do have a few notable, um, uh, notable guys that, that have come out. Um, Earl Watson, who, who was a star at UCLA, he played in the league for uh, a long time, but, uh, we, we haven't had a bunch. Larry Drew is another guy that goes back in, in Kansas City. Uh, Kareem Rush, Brandon Rush, Jerron Rush. Uh, these are these are some of the biggest names that have come out of Kansas City. But well, And now uh, Ocha Abaji. Oh, yeah. Abaji, too. Right. Oh, so coming Marie. up now. Yeah. Young guy. Young, young guy. Um, but, you know, basketball was huge. So I loved it. And I also loved talking a little noise on the court. You know, we play on the streets. My brother was... My brother was always the humble one, but you know, I like to, I wanted to play like Isaiah Thomas. My dad used to always call me Zeke cause I come to the cup and I fake a pass and try to make a scoop. So I combined that um, kind of into to my whole persona when I, when I played on up through high school, I was a solid player. Um, I thought I was a lot better than what I was and that's why I didn't play much further. So I, I made a few shots. I talked a lot. Uh, I, I went on to Alabama State uh, for college and I was dead set on walking on to the team, and which I actually did. Uh, I walked on. I sat uh, I sat on Alabama State's bench for a bit. And then I decided that, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to play this game at the next level. <laughs> so I then transitioned to focusing on uh, getting a degree in communications and, you know, seeing where my career could go from there, because obviously NBA was out of the question. 
I had yeah. no idea about three X three and I wasn't. But you made it. it. You made it to the NBA. You made it. I to did. The NBA. I did in my own unique way. I did. Yeah. NBA TV and the Clippers, right? Prime Sport, I think. Yep. Yep. Uh, that was that was my first big break. Honestly, I was yeah. I was only in TV for two years at that time, and uh, I got lucky. Turner Sports was looking to fill a, a position uh, for NBA.com and also NBA TV. And here I am, 24 years old, and I've been in the, the business for two years. I'm still I'm still green. I'm still wet behind the ears. And and now I'm working with Gary Payton and Chris Weber and Reggie Miller and Cheryl Miller and, uh, you know, all of these these NBA players, uh, Steve Smith, uh, that, you know, I've had a great respect for. And now all of a sudden I'm peers with these people. I'm, I'm doing shows with these people. And. Uh, I mean, from that point on, it was a launching pad for my career. I, I did the highlights on NBA.com, and that's where I really started to kind of get a following. I was saying some uh, creative things. I was kind of pushing the limits uh, at that time, and, <laughs> right. and that's what kind of got me sent uh, in the right direction. That's what I got to ask you. You are, uh, I, I say this with all due respect, you are a wordsmith, man. You are, <laughs> seriously, You, if you have not heard Kyle Montgomery, like I said, <laughs> just go on YouTube, FIBA 3X3. He broadcasts 99% of the games that I've been watching. How, before I talk about FIBA and how you got involved with FIBA, how you talk, talk and smack on the court, which I'm you know quite aware of growing up in Brooklyn, uh, but how... Did you, where, where did this, where did this like incredible knack of being able to say something off the top of your head, you can say, <laughs> you say some funny, uh, creative, uh, clean stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's all yeah. great stuff. How did you develop this ability to like think on your feet so quickly? Well, where I'm from, they used to, we used to call it crowing on people. So you would get in these verbal uh, kind of jousting matches with your your friends. Uh, my dad, his in his era, called it playing the dozens, and you would have to be quick on your feet uh, in terms of your lingo to survive. Right. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so it kind of came from that trying to be creative and finding ways to say funny things about people. I always had the crazy sound effects when I was playing um, on the court, so I might do a crossover and yell, yikes, or something weird. Anybody <laughs> <Right. laughs> that with me coming up can tell you that I was, that, you know, that was always kind of a part of my game. But when it came to, to, to making that transition to um, being able to kind of utilize it in, on television, it, it did take me a while because um, my lingo doesn't exactly translate to a, a broad audience, at least when I first started in TV in 2006. You know, you broadcast the sports a certain way and people didn't necessarily want to hear this guy got yammed on or, right. <laughs> or two piece no biscuit or two, two piece no biscuit. They're like, what, what does that mean? So, right. <laughs> the, the NBA initially, when they started to, they, they kind of gave me the freedom to kind of push the boundaries with creativity. That was the first step. And then when, when, when FIBA contacted me, FIBA 3X3, they told me that that's, that's, all they want. They want me to bring that authenticity and, and, and kind of let my hair down and, and kind of add some flavor to a game that obviously was was born in the streets. Right. Right. And that's it, man. Your your style. I mean, I know you could make the transition very easily back to conventional broadcasting. Sure. But your, I know you could. But your style 
makes what it's what I've said at the very top of this podcast. I think I said this on the air. If I didn't, I said it to you off the air that you bring a joy to the game that I totally respect. Like yeah, there's a joy in your voice on every play, <laughs> which is, you know, within a, in a world of cynicism right now, I find pretty refreshing. So how did FIBA find you? You're for, you, you started with them in 15. I think you did a tournament in new, in Mexico city. Yeah. Uh-huh. How yep. did FIBA find you? Like, where did they get this guy from? Were you doing? I, I was, I was in LA. I was yeah. working uh, with the Clippers and working for NFL network. And I got a random email and I had no idea who was contacting me. It was an email with a guy named Julian above. He's the senior communications manager with FIBA three X three and a guy named George Bacour. Uh, he's the head of production. And, um, they sent me this email and honestly, it was, you know, I was reading it and I'm like, what the hell is, I don't, at the time I was thinking, no way I, I cover the NBA. I don't know what this FIBA 3X3 thing is, uh, you know, but they kind of told me that they used to listen to the highlights on NBA.com. They think that I would be the perfect fit for what they were doing. And if I was willing to kind of give it a shot, then uh, they'd be happy to have me. Now, mind you, I never called play-by-play a day in my life. I had done reporting and hosting and anchoring and recording the top 10 highlights at the end of the night for the NBA. Uh, so I figured, you know, listen, I looked at the, the, the slate of countries and I said, you know, I haven't traveled outside the States. This, it's worth it at least to get out of the, beyond the boundaries of the country and see what this game is about. So they, they flew me out to Switzerland and Mexico City just as a trial run to see how comfortable I would be and, and if they would even like me doing play-by-play. And um, it didn't take me long to fall in love with the game. You know, the play was physical early and the there wasn't as much athleticism, uh, but I did recognize the potential in the game at that time. And I said, man, the more we play this, the better quality players uh, pick up on this with the rules and the 12 second shot clock and a half court this thing has some real potential to become something. So I found a way to, to uh, put it in my schedule from 2015 on. And all of a sudden I become the voice of three X three. It's happening you, in, a, in a flash. You, you are, I'm not, I'm not just saying this. You are the voice. It's you're like, the, you're like Dick Vitale. I mean, Dick Vitale has been doing this 40 years and you're, yeah. you're the, you're the, you're, uh, you're probably as big a reason why the sport's growing as anything because of your passion and the fact that you, you truly love what you're doing when wow. you do these games. And it's, that's it's a humbling, that's a humbling compliment coach. I, I gotta, I gotta admit it, man. That, that's humbling. Thank you. It's cool. I, I, how many get now? I gotta ask you cause you're, you're everywhere. Uh, cause I've been watching a lot of three X three lately, as you know, uh, and studying the game. How many games a year do you do? I mean, how many tournaments do you get to? Well, I think I think between uh, so we start in two weeks. The world tour kicks off in Japan, um, May the 14th and 15th. We'll we'll go all the way through December. That's with pro tour events, which is we'll have 14 this year. That's a record. And then we'll have national events. We'll have the World Cup, the Europe Cup, the Asia Cup, the U23 World Cup. And so I think that puts me in line to do 18 events. World Cups are 96 games. Europe Cups are three days of action. And I think about 50 some odd games. I do the men's and the women's. So it's a full slate. I mean, it, it it's a full slate. And my passport just, I mean, it's loaded with stamps. I, I got no complaints, I'm telling you. How many, how many countries by now? Have you added it up yet? 
I've been to 27 countries so far. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's that's amazing. Careful, you careful. recently, you, I was going to say, you recently did the 3X3U with Robbie Hummel. Yeah. In New Orleans, you've done that, I think, uh, for a while now. The college kids, they don't really get the game, do they? I mean, they do, <laughs> but it's not like the 3X3. Like what I noticed about watching 3X3U was in FIBA competition, every possession is point game. That's what I tell people. Yes. Every because they're so physical, nobody's letting each other score easily. The college guys was a little more loosey goosey. But what's your take on the yeah. on the on doing that event at the Final Four? You know, I lick my chops every year when I when I see the talent in that 3x3u national championship. Obviously, we've had several players over the the last uh, I guess now five years we've been doing this is the, the yeah the fifth edition, um, and we've seen some of them go on to have NBA careers. And I look at that talent and I, and I just think to myself, if, if we can get some of these guys to fully commit to, you know, playing three X three and looking at it as a, as a viable option uh, for their career, we would really see the game elevated to a completely different level. And, and, you know, I I could be biased because obviously I'm from the United States and and most of the three X three that I cover is in Europe, but, you know, I know the, 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 the wide range of talent that we have in the States. Like we got, everybody can't make it to the NBA. You know, everybody can't play first division overseas at some of the more prominent uh, in the, some more, some of the more prominent basketball countries. So I look at those players. I look at the, at a Eugene German from the previous edition who, who was so skillful. You, you think of a Justin Wright Foreman and, and Devontae Kaycock and Justin Brantley and, uh, you know, several of the players that we saw this year that were, that were so talented. And I, these, these are instant stars. If, the, if they play this game on a consistent level, then I think it's good for 3X3 in general. Uh, it's certainly good for the United States and, and, and kind of widening that crop of players that, that they can choose from to represent uh, us in the national competitions and, and eventually in the Olympics. Uh, but they got it. I mean, they got the skill. They got the athleticism. They shot the lights out, but what they don't have is the complete understanding of the game and, and how to simplify the game and make it easier. But if they combine that athleticism, that explosion and, and, and that shooting ability also with taking the time to understand the, the nuances of what makes 3X3 unique, the, you're talking about teams that I think will be unbeatable. I think they run the table. And some of the European teams that may hear this, they may say, ah, but no, I, it's I, funny. Really, I really feel that. It's funny you say that because what the college kids don't have that the G League guys have or the Americans that go overseas and play for four or five years is that they, they, they learn that under, if they don't get it in college, in the G League and in the, the top leagues in Europe, they do learn how to play the game the way it should be played, the way the veteran 3X3 players play it. Yeah, You know, with pick and roll and reads and slip yeah. screens. And so I think what you're saying is exactly right. Because when I do a college game, I say, boy, when that kid learns how to play the game and someone would say, wait a minute, he's playing for a great college coach. Nah, when he really learns how to play the game, whether it's yeah. Europe or the NBA or the G League, they really become something special. And I think that's kind of where you are when you watch these guys at 3X3U. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they're, they're some, they're really special players and, you know, they're still young too, obviously, uh, you know, coming out of college. So these are, these are young guys and, and the game is going to continue to slow down for them. I mean, the, the, 
the physical part is going to, as time goes, you're going to see it decline, but you want to find that sweet spot as a player where you still have that physical ability, that energy, but you also have the acumen, the basketball acumen to where, you know, the game is going in, in slow motion. You know what to do in situations, uh, you know, your coach on the floor. I got so many questions for you, but let me ask you a couple that are just, I don't want to lose these. I almost think that FIBA, this has been a, this has been a way to grow the sport in smaller countries. Mm-hmm. Mongolia recently hosted when uh, uh, the under 18s a few years ago with some of our best high school kids, uh, you know, the Philippines, obviously some of the smaller countries in Europe. Does FIBA want the USA to get good at this or do they want to grow? The, would it help if the USA on the men's side gets better? Would that help grow the sport internationally or does it set it back because the USA does have so many players? You know, that's a that's a that's an excellent question. Um, and yeah, I think the prospect of the United States really digging in and really putting their, their best foot forward when it comes to three X three is, is scary when you, for the rest of the globe, uh, you know, they like, you got me excited now, but I can't say anything yet. Yeah, I know. I know know you've got, uh, you've got a really uh, a big interest in, in three X three, but, um, when the rest of the world sees you know that that fire to become good at the game from the united states i think that you're going to see a lot of uh, trembling in the boots so to speak and and we've seen glimpses of that uh you know in fiba 3x3 over the years there was a really good american team uh back in 2016 with uh with mike henry uh on that squad alfonso mckinney uh both of these guys have gone on to play uh pro ball and i mean they they had the entire league afraid on the pro tour these dudes were jumping above the rim every other play was an alley-oop they they were big they were physical they were quick they would defend you and all of a sudden the the conversation shifted it was all about Novi Sad and Serbia because they were so dominant for so long and then all of a sudden they're saying these new Americans are the real deal now they ended up meeting at in the in the uh, gold medal game at the 2016 world championships and Serbia actually beat the United States that year. Yeah. They got yeah. that team. But yeah. I think I think that was the last American team that really kind of put fear into other squads. And, and that's no disrespect to uh, New York Harlem. That's no disrespect to Princeton as well. Uh, these have been really good teams. Princeton was runner runners up on the world tour in 2019. Robbie Hummel took, took over the league. So with respect to them and respect to the gold medal winning team with Canyon Berry too at the World Cup. Um, those team, those players on those teams and those teams are respected, but I haven't seen anybody as afraid as afraid as they were in 2016 of that, of that American team. And then on a smaller level, last November at the America, Charlie Brown parlayed a great performance yeah. into an NBA contract yeah. and is right now playing with the Philadelphia 76ers. So I almost think Kyle, the way this game is, and I, I've been talking to some young, young players this is a great development, even for a guy that's going to go on and play five on five, the quick reaction, the conditioning. I, I think it's a great way. Uh, this is not a commercial, but it is. It's a great way to spend your summer. Before you play five. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know what I mean, Steve? It's a great, great way to spend your summer, man, working well, on your game in a different yeah, way. It, it'll keep you sharp. And, you know, you, you'll get back used to playing through some, some more contact. And then, you know, I, 
I don't know if we speak about it enough, but just the physical drain that it takes on your body, that that physical attrition that wears on you with that 12 second shot clock and the instantaneous uh, kind of dynamic of the game, you have to react. You, there's, you can't wait for them to bring the ball up, up court for you to get set in your defense. You're defending as soon as the ball drops through the net. You're defending. And then, you, and then you're right back on offense. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's great for conditioning. It's great to keep you sharp. It's great to, to um, kind of, you know, make sure your basketball instincts are, are still intact. We got to get them playing more, Coach. We got to do it. Yeah, no, no question. And I do want to mention, because these guys are pioneers, Kareem Maddox and Robbie and Damon Huffman, guys that are really helped grow this sport. Uh, They have a passion for it. Uh, Damon played at Brown. Obviously, Kareem was the Ivy League player of the year. Robbie is my colleague at ESPN and your colleague. Uh, But yeah, I'm with you, man. I I think this could be something cool for the USA. I got to ask you a couple more. You've been so gracious. You're coming back from Hungary, right? Is that what you told me? You're yeah. Yeah, you're coming back to the States tomorrow. Um, if you had and, – and the obvious guy is LeBron or Kobe. You know, we get they would be great three. They would be great if you play one-on-one, seven-on-seven, five-on-five. It wouldn't matter. I'm thinking of guys in the NBA, and I watch, I go, oh, would he be a good 3X3 player? So I'll tell you a guy, you give me a guy okay. or a couple. Okay. I, I, think, I think Jimmy Butler would be unbelievable in 3X3. <laughs> Because oh. he got the because he's because he got the meanness to go to go up against Latvia and Serbia, but he's also got the versatile game too. Yeah, he's tough <laughs> and he's got good size. Okay, I like that pick, Coach. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna go with a guy like Demar Derozan. Okay, yeah, yeah, bucket getter, bucket mid-range. getter. Yeah, <laughs> plays still can play above the rim. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to get by him on that perimeter. <laughs> look, what Demar's got to be six seven. Demar six seven. Yes, seven max max six okay. seven. Well, yeah, six, but- six six seven. I still think that's I mean, uh, he's big. Yeah. He's gonna defend in the post. I'm going with Demar Derozan. I'm gonna take a young guy for the team. It would be Mikael Bridges from. from Ooh, uh, I like Mikael Bridges. He's bouncy. <laughs> he walk a highlight. So this exactly. is a guy that I would have to have some some bars ready for him. I like him. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it this guy. I guess, you know, I still look at Paul George as, as young because I remember when he first. Yeah, came yeah, to yeah. Him. Oh, Paul but, would be a beast. But, but I will say Paul, Paul George would be it. I would sign him up on a 3X3 team in an yeah. instant. Yeah. PG, he might be a number one pick. He'd be close then to maybe, number one. And then I'll throw a bonus in here. I yeah. like Anthony Edwards, too. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anthony the Edwards, man. Functional freak athleticism. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm picking my guys, you know, because I like you know, to be able to call a good highlight. No, you know, what you, you know what you would good highlights. No, you know what you would love about Anthony? And by the way, he's in, I'm going to give you a little hint. He's in the new Adam Sandler movie coming out in June. Oh, is he? He's in the movie, man. Trust me, you'll want to watch the movie. Okay. But Anthony plays with a smile on his face, man. He play, yeah. he plays like a guy that would love to be. I could see Anthony playing in the middle of Belgrade, hooping with people on his ass yes. and still having a smile on his face. Yes. And you know <laughs> he, would, he would love the physicality. Yes. He would love the competition of the game. I mean, see, a guy we like think, that. Yeah, we're thinking alike, man. We're thinking alike. <laughs> Trust me, some of these guys are in my Rolodex. I just want to <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right, listen. 
I can't thank you enough, man. I could talk to you for more hours. I will when you get back to the States because I still have to pick your brain some more. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, you know I'm a fan of 3X3 and I'm looking to get involved on a you know more regular basis. And, uh, yeah. and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited what you've done. First of all, I'm going to say this one more time. Kyle Montgomery, folks, if you're listening, just go on YouTube, FIBA 3X3, and you will you will feel the joy in this man's voice that you've heard a little bit today, and uh, that's that's what I'm about, man. I'm a I'm this negativity on the air with people banging banging on officials and yeah, you know I, I, that's not me. But and you know we had a lot of fun in uh, covering the Olympics. Yeah, I work with the great Kate Scott, who's now with the Sixers. Absolutely, you know? Absolutely. yeah. You were, I think you were working with Ian Eagle. Yep, many right. Ian Ian's a rising star, and uh, well, uh, Noah Eagle. Noah Eagle. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Noah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Noah Eagle. Ian Eagle, Eagle's son, but he is, oh, yeah, he's Noah, a rising Noah's, star. It was a pleasure Noah's doing the podcast with him. Noah's the best. He's going to kill me when he hears that, but he'll understand. His, his <laughs> great too. Uh, hey, listen, travel safe. Thanks, coach. Get off to a great start. I know you're getting, it's getting the heat up. You're, you're heading to Japan. You'll see yeah. Princeton there. Yeah. I will be in one way, shape, or form in Springfield for the Red Bull Nationals in a couple of weeks and watching 3x3. And, uh, you know, well, you I think you'll see me more involved here shortly. And, Coach, I uh, can't wait. That's music to yeah. my ears. You know that. Yeah. And and yet, I got to tell my friends in, in Europe, I got to tell my friends in Europe, uh, we're humble. The <laughs> USA is trying to trying to catch up with what the Serbia has done, what Latvia has done, Lithuania, Belgium, yep. Netherlands coming on. I yep. mean, there's so much great 3X3 going on across the water and in Asia as well that uh, – and Brazil – Good performance in America, sure. yeah. Um, but I think that uh, I think that uh, you know I'm we're going to approach. If I do get involved, we're going to approach this with a humbleness that uh, you know that we respect what has already been done by the Dujon Bullets and the the Maestros and the great sure. players around the world. So uh, can't thank you enough, my man. Anytime, friend. Well, thanks to my good friend Kyle Montgomery for enlightening us on. 3x3 basketball, three on three. It's uh, it's a sport that I think is going to catch on gangbusters in the United States. Think of beach volleyball when you think of 3x3, uh, an Olympic sport. And uh, the United States is going to try to uh, qualify on both the men's and women's side as we head into Paris in 2024. Kyle was extremely enlightening and uh, hope you enjoyed that. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please leave a five-star rating and give us a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Remember, World of Basketball is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. My good friend Christopher Tyler is back from his trip down under to see his family in Australia. He's our producer. Cliff Augustin has been filling in incredibly well. The Philadelphia Eagles and Sixers family. Thank Cliff for his contribution. Uh, Marissa Rivas is the sports director for uh, podcasts for Sirius XM. And special thanks, of course, to Sirius XM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen. Remember next week, no matter where I am, I promise to bring you to another place in my world of basketball. Serious XM Podcasts.